Hey, all you iconic wrestling nerds out there, and welcome to another rendition of the Collision Collective Review, your weekly review for AEW Collision. I am Hepa himself, Mikey, and as I am on my own for this one. That's okay. I'm going to keep this short because this episode of Collision was, even though it was the full two hours, it was booked in a weird way where everything's kind of slowing down a little bit because we have Revolution coming up. So we are just going to jump straight into it and keep this under 10 minutes or so. And uh, we'll go from there and see what happens. So Collision opens up this week with Probably my match of the evening. This is a match between Sammy Guevara and Powerhouse Hobbs. I may have missed it where this was no DQs, but pretty much anything went during this match. There were table spots. There were chairs. Sammy jumping off of ladders. This match was bonkers. It was crazy, but I really enjoyed it. And normally I try not to pick you know crazy matches like this that have a bunch of insane spots and is nothing but a spot fest. But if I'm being completely honest, I think this was probably my favorite match because we've been building up to this match for the last couple of weeks. We finally got the match and the payoff, and I like that Powerhouse Hobbs won this match. I think the powerbomb from Hobbs to Guevara from the ring apron onto the table was crazy, and I really, really enjoyed that one. So Powerhouse Hobbs ended up picking up the victory here. I believe we may or may not be done with Sammy and Hobbs. Or Sammy and the Don Callis family for a little bit, which I'm okay with. But Powerhouse Hobbs picks up the win, and that's how we opened up Collision. Now, I want to say from this point on, I'm going to be talking about the rest of the evening. And I thought a lot of stuff was good, but nothing stood out to me like this match did. So therefore, Sammy versus Powerhouse, you got my match of the night. We then cut backstage where we get, once again, a weird kind of clunky promo from BCC. John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli are backstage. John Moxley starts off the promo accepting FTR's challenge. So we do have an official match now. FTR versus BCC at Revolution next Sunday. And Moxley talks about everything FTR's accomplishments. But, you know, BCC is there. And if the promo had stopped there, I would have been like, cool, let's go. But then it rambled on a little bit. Mox went on a little too long, and then Claudio added his part, and it kind of didn't add everything. I feel if we shaved about two to three minutes off of this promo, I thought it would have been totally okay, but it was kind of long-winded. It went nowhere, and you could have gotten your point across without over-explaining, over-talking. And I'm noticing that's been a pattern, not just with BCC, but with the promos in the last couple of weeks on AEW programming where promos are being cut and then they just continue on where they could have stopped a little bit about it. But that's neither here nor there. I'm looking forward to the match at Revolution, which then ties into what we got next. We saw FTR taking on Shane Taylor Productions, which is made up of Shane Taylor and Tiger Style Lee Moriarty. I thought this was a really good match. I really enjoyed this. Of course, because of when Ring of Honor tapes their stuff, we had Ring of Honor talent being utilized to push over AEW talent, which at this point, I could continue to bring it up and how much I hate that, but I have to come to accept it if I'm going to enjoy AEW Collision, which I do. And I thought this was a nice back and forth match. I was really impressed with the teamwork of Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty in this match. 
But of course, it's FDR bald and FDR aggravated assault for the win. And then they cut this really interesting promo after the match. Kesha starts off the promo by saying that FTR is at the top. You know, people can't take away from them. BCC has been running their mouths. And then Dax comes in for the kill in the sense that he states that BCC, especially Mox, has been running his kingdom for the last five years. Mox has been here from the very beginning. And Dax says, we are the best tag team in the world, but in order to prove it, as the saying goes, in order to become the king, you must get rid of the original. And so come Sunday at Revolution, FTR is coming for the head of BCC, which is John Moxley, and that is how their promo ends. I thought this complemented very well with the promo we got before this match with BCC. I love that we are having specifically Mox and Claudio taking on FTR and then within the same realm of the universe of the BCC, you know, making enemies of the roster. We see Danielson, who we'll talk about later, and Eddie Kingston are having their thing going on. I thought this match was really fantastic. FTR, of course, picks up the win, which I'm okay with. But I got to say, once again, I was more impressed with Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty's teamwork more than anything. Then we get our first squash match of the night where we see Thunder Rosa taking on Lady Bird Monroe. This was a quick match in itself. It only lasted a couple minutes. L Lady Bird Monroe gets some offensive, but ultimately La Meta Meta herself picks up a victory and Thunder Rosa wins. I understand that we're trying to keep Thunder on TV and, you know, we're giving her some wins and things like that, but I'm kind of ready for Thunder to start feuding with some people again. Who that would be at this point, I have no idea. Obviously, Thunder isn't going to be going after the main title soon, but I would love to see once we finish, however long it takes to finish with Julia Hart and the Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Blues story that we got going on. I'm happy to see La Meta Meta go for that title. But honestly, I just want her to start feuding. It doesn't even have to be with the title. Let's start building up Thunder Rosa into a feud again. From here, we get another, not necessarily a squash match, but this one had me smiling from ear to ear because of how ridiculous it was. This was a trios match between the iteration of the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, which is being represented by Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Jay White himself. Taking on our lovable goofballs of the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson. Bronson killed me this match, making the faces, overselling and everything. And again, I thought this was a fun match, but ultimately, if we looked at the nitty gritty of it all, it mainly serves the purpose to get the Bang Bang Scissor Gang a win. Jay White and Austin kind of go in for the win here, kind of excluding Billy Gunn. But it doesn't seem to face them as the Bang Bang Scissor Game pick up the win here. Okay, so I have a couple questions. I love this faction with the Acclaimed and Bullet Club Golds. But I feel that we lost the plot of the original attention of why this group was formed. And those of you watching the video, you can comment below in the comments. And let me know, wasn't the original purpose of the Bang Bang Scissor Game coming together to protect ROH six-man tags and the AEW trios championships while also forming to get back at the Undisputed Kingdom for everything that they put everybody through in the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. I feel like we lost the plot with this one. And now Jay is kind of manipulating and weaseling his way to get the trios championships in AEW. I feel that this story and this is kind of all over the place. And I'm hoping that 
AEW writers will get everyone back on track. But I love the faction. I love all the talent involved. But that can only take you so far. Because now I'm starting to ask, I need a storyline. I need a feud with somebody. I thought, are we going to get back to the Undisputed Kingdom? Like, I don't know what's happening anymore with this group. And I kind of feel that's been the reoccurring theme with all of the trios and the six-man championships. It seems that nobody knows how to book this. So I just want a storyline to involve the Bang Bang Scissor gang outside of we're, we're a faction. There's kind of dissension. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. So we shall see what happens in that. We then cut backstage where Brian Danielson talks about his upcoming match in the main event against Jun Akiyama. And, you know, Eddie's going to be out there. So he's going to fight one of Eddie's heroes. And this is ultimately just Brian Danielson playing mind games with Eddie Kingston. And he's just going to end up winning. And, you know, he's going to wrestle his hero. And he's going to show Eddie Kingston that I'm better than you. So this is fun. Then we get into a really solid match. This was Malachi Black taking on the bounty hunter Brian Keith. This is Malachi Black's first singles match. I want to say since June 2022 or 2023. It's been a very long time since Malachi has wrestled in a singles match. And normally I'm a little bit annoyed to see my homie, my boy, Brian Keith lose in a match. But this was a solid back and forth. I thought these two worked very well together. And this was really close to being my match of the night too. But I had to pick the opening match as my favorite because of how fun that was. But This was a solid wrestling match. I think both Malachi Black and Brian Keith did an excellent job. For me personally, I love seeing Malachi Black go back to singles competition and have singles match outside of everything he does with House of Black. But to no surprise, Malachi Black picks up the victory here. The lights go out. And when they come back on, Mark Briscoe is in there with the big old you do, voodoo, hoodoo needle that he got stabbed with two weeks ago. And he tries to go and stab Malachi Black to no avail. And then the rest of House of Black come down, beat up Mark Briscoe. And then that's how that whole thing ends. I'm very interested to see if we end up getting. Mark Briscoe taking on each individual member of House of Black on his own, or if he's going to find some friends and we get a trios match, which would be fantastic because FTR is busy with BCC right now. And FTR just finished feuding with the House of Black over the last over, I want to say the fall. I'm very interested to see who comes to the aid of Mark Briscoe. Should be really, really interesting to see what happens with all that. But again, I thought this match was fantastic, and this was my runner-up for my favorite match on this episode of Collision. We then get a hype-slash-recap-slash-video package, you know, talking about everything that's gone down with the Young Bucks and Sting and Darby Allin, and we get the announcement that the AEW Tag Team Championships match at Revolution will now be a Tornado Tag Match, which means that anything goes, no tags need to be made, And honestly, I can't think of a better way to make sure that Sting looks good in his loss than to have it be Tornado Tag. I'm really looking forward to Sting's final match. This should be a good time, and we'll see what happens with that. We then get our kind of second squash match, but this one a little bit longer than Thunder Rosa's match because we see the Professor Serena Deeb taking on 
Lady Frost, who's replacing Kiara Hogan as Kiara got sick, and uh, Serena Deeb wins. It's like a short five to seven minute match. Lady Frost kind of gets some offense in, but ultimately Serena Deeb dominates, and she ends up picking up the victory here. Serena then cuts a promo afterwards saying she wants to elevate the women's division and any women who wants to step up to her can and she's going to be right here when they're ready. I want to first start off by saying I love Serena Deeb. I think she's one of the best technical wrestlers in the women's division and not just in AEW but across any promotion right now. I think she's fantastic. What I need from her and me, Adolfo, and Luis all right, my other two co-hosts here at the Collision Collective Review team, we just need Serena to work on her promo skills a little bit because she was kind of tripping over her words and her promo was not necessarily the strongest. I think once Serena gets a little bit more of the charisma and she kind of practices and hones her style of promo that she's comfortable with, I think she has the ability to be a superstar because she has the in-ring work. It's just the character work that just needs a little bit of tweaking. But I love Serena and I think she's fantastic. So then from here, we get in our to our main event, Brian Danielson taking on the legend himself, Jun Akiyama with Eddie Kingston on commentary watching this match. This was a phenomenal fun match. This was a good strong back and forth. Jun Akiyama getting his stuff in, Brian Danielson getting his stuff in. The match itself was fantastic, which saw Brian Danielson pick up the victory. But it is everything that happened afterwards that kind of sets up what we're getting a go home show for Dynamite. And we're continuing to further stuff for Revolution next week. So after the match, Danielson shakes June Akiyama's hand. And then he kind of is disrespectful a little bit. June calls him, Akiyama calls him out on it. Danielson goes back, goes for another handshake, goes for the low bro. Eddie Kingston comes in. Try to beat up Danielson, Mox and Claudio. Like no, Claudio comes down. They everybody starts fighting. FTR come down. Danielson and Claudio get the heck out of Dodge, and we get the announcement at the end of the show that on Dynamite it's going to be Eddie Kingston and FTR taking on BCC with Mox, Claudio, and Danielson as Collision goes off the air this week. Overall, I thought this was a solid. Collision. I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten empanadas. I think there is a lot of good stuff. We progress some stuff from Collision. We're progressing storylines, but kind of similar to what I said and for my rating for Dynamite, I thought this was fine episode. Nothing stood out. Nothing was inherently bad. Though I will say my biggest critique is some character work needs to be done with some of these performers. The pacing was good, but I feel like it was just a wrestling show to be a wrestling show. And on top of that, Tony. We got to stop giving these women's short matches like collision is normally where I praise the women's division in AEW because that's where all the good women's action is happening right now outside of Tony Storm and, you know, what we got going on for the title picture. But I forgot because, you know, of how infrequent the women get to be on this AEW show. I forgot to mention that we got a promo segment from Chris Statlander, Willow and Stokely Hathaway, where Chris is going to challenge. Julia to a match next week. It was such a short segment. I totally forgot about it until now. But see, that lends into my argument that, Tony, we need to make the women of collision more prominent because if you don't, we're going to forget them. And that's not cool. So, seven out of 10, me this week. That's going to be the end of this week's collision collective review. A bit on the short side since it's just me this week. But I'm happy that you tuned in. Now, of course, you know, outside of the normal housekeeping, 
which is you can check us out here on YouTube, follow us at BC Recipon on the social medias. We have audio versions of all of our reviews now if you can't watch us. And we're going to be at New Jersey WrestleCon May 18th and May 19th, 2024. So that's going to be fun. But I'm going to spend the next couple of minutes kind of going over what to expect this upcoming week. So at the time of this recording, it is Sunday, February 25th, 2024 is when this records. And this video will not get released until Monday or Tuesday. So just make sure to stay to the YouTube for that. But here's what to expect. This Sunday, March 3rd, is AEW's Revolution pay-per-view. So the AEW crew, which would be myself, the Dynamite Boys, JVL and Professor, and the Rampage and Collision Boys, Adolfo and Luis, we're all going to be watching the pay-per-view on Sunday. But stay tuned to Monday, March 4th where we're going to be reviewing AEW Revolution Live. So we're going to be covering the pay-per-view review a day after it airs. So you're going to want to tune into that live stream. But that is going to be it from myself and the rest of the Biconics boys. Remember, take care of yourself, love one another. And as always, stay Biconic, you guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she, theys, and gays of the internet. We will see you next week for not only Collision, but for the Revolution review. But until then, Ta-ta for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>